Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fulian Rosborne, and this is Inside Exec. Today we're continuing our discussion with Jamie Wadley on the entrepreneurial approach to business. What do you see then as the progression of business makeup, I suppose, in say the next 10 years? Is it going to remain as government organisations, corporate, big corporate, small corporate, medium sized family businesses, individuals? I think if we look back over the last 15, maybe 20 years with uh, the internet becoming a standard tool for us all, it's effectively levelled the playing field for small players like myself to be able to compete with corporates at the same level. And the technology is really galloping away at an exponential rate at the moment, so this is only going to continue. And I think as the technology gets more powerful, it will empower and enable people at a, at a grassroots level, the family business, the owner-operator, the single entrepreneur, the small entrepreneurial organisation, the power to compete with larger and larger corporate entities. And as you've said, Fulgana, the value of these businesses we've seen happen over the last few years where they're only 12 months or 18 months old and they're worth billions of dollars. So certainly from a competitive point of view, I think the strength will come from smaller organisations because they will be empowered by technology and because they have the ability to shift their focus very quickly and adapt to things that they find out along the way and as needs change that we see. I think AI is going to play a big part in how businesses run in the future. So do you see the employment of so people who are joining the workforce now or middle management now or moving on to senior roles now, do you see that they will always have, those roles will always be around? That jobs generally will be around? Well, I think the nature of work will change dramatically in the next maybe eight to ten years. And any, virtually any job that is, is a strong systems-based job can be replaced by technology. And anything that is just shuffling paper or filling out forms or going through a, a fairly regimented process can be easily replaced by a bit of artificial intelligence. Yeah. And as much as that sounds a little bit like science fiction, personally, I think it's just around the corner. Yeah. We've had things like Google's DeepMind is, is still a fairly specific form of AI, but these sort of things are going to become general very soon. And even, dare I say it, accountants... Doctors are going to really have to think carefully about their, their jobs because yeah. it will be done better by iPhone 12. Yes. <laughs> well, some pocket. of it is exciting and some of it is kind of scary because... It is a bit scary, it's, I agree. It's scary because it's thinking somebody's going to operate on me <laughs> that is not a person. And when you think about something like that, two things go through mind. If you think about it with that emotion, you think... Well, actually, room for error could be much less. There's no human intervention, infection, blah, blah, blah. But when you think about it from another way, it's like anything new until you get the confidence in it, mm. whether it is physical, medical or financial, the days when you just go wave your card and you get money. <laughs> <laughs> but with all of these things, when we get new innovation, there'll be new challenges. For example, the, the waving of the card and there's somebody walking past you in the street and scanning it uh, as well. That will create 
more innovation to think about how to make sure that it's mm. safe. So we're continually challenging our brains to do more and more exciting things, which means that entrepreneurs will continue to flourish. I agree with that. I listened to a man called Peter Diamandis. He mm -hmm. is the man behind the XPRIZE, and he spoke about the adoption of self-driving cars. And yes. there's still a lot of resistance to that, even though I think most of us are aware it will happen. Mm -hmm. But he spoke of the similarity between self-driving cars and when elevators used to have people who drove the elevators yes. up and down. Yes. And then the elevators started to control themselves. And when people first got in those elevators without someone pushing the handle up and down, they were a bit worried. Yes. But it didn't take very long to forget that there used to be someone who drove that and just press the button and arrive at the floor you want. Yes. I think in the next 10 or 15 years, there are probably children running around in primary school now who will never learn how to drive, and they won't think twice mm. about it. And I think the rest of technology is the same, but it becomes yes. transparent as it yes. should be. Yeah, mm. It's a good thing, but as you say, it is a little bit scary, but it's yes. like anything. Yeah, like anything that's new, yes. Just along those lines, how do you maintain a level of knowledge across all of the things that interest you? Well, how do you know these technologies are coming? There's this secret weapon I've got. I call it the internet. <laughs> and, oh, my uh, God, don't tell Fulyana. She's, she's, she's only just learned how to turn this computer on. Yeah, I have. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, and I tend to get yeah. most of my news through news aggregators. And the news mm -hmm. aggregators learn to know what I like, and mm -hmm. I get the news I want to read. And yes. if I find something that tickles my fancy, I'll explore that a bit further, mm -hmm. and that helps keep me up to date with the areas of interest which I. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, technology is one of those things. I'm a bit of a, a techno geek, um, which is you know part of my background. But but I get fascinated by certain things and it's not hard these days as mm -hmm. we're saying with research to find out yep. the latest and greatest information from all over the world as it happens almost. So because of your nature of thirsty to learn what's going on, you went and seek it through the internet. Any of us can do that really, there's nothing to stop but we have to wanting to do it. The other way is just as you need it. I certainly fall into the second category. I might come across a conversation, I'm trying to help someone and we talk about a topic but I don't feel, and I say it up front, I'm, that's not my area of expertise, but then I go and learn it. Yeah. Because I have no reason not to and I have no excuse not to sure. because I can get onto the internet. What other things do you do for personal development apart from your news feed? I do like podcasts, I must admit. Mm -hmm. And I find, as much as I like reading, I, I tend to absorb information very well by listening. And I find if I'm in the car, I'll often uh, listen to podcasts on topics that I like. Mm -hmm. If I'm at the gym, I'll, yes. I'll put the earphones in and mm -hmm. I'll listen to things I, I like. And, and it gives me, I don't know, maybe an hour or 90 minutes a day where I can take in information at a time which would otherwise be wasted. Mm -hmm. And it, it helps keep me on the on the leading edge of things I like to be on the leading edge of. And, yeah, there's a heap of ways to get information uh, mm -hmm. off the net these days. It's not difficult, but reading... It's good fun too, so it's, it's almost recreational there. One of the questions that we did want to ask you that we had both thought about oh, yes. was the most influential book you've read. The book I really love and highly recommend to everyone is Dale Carnegie's book How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm. 
and this is a book I, I think everyone quotes yeah. it, but I don't know if, how many people have read it, but it's a book I try to read at least once a year, and it's, it's a method that I put in practice, and I find it is extremely powerful. In fact, I often say, if you do read the book, please use the new powers you discover for good, not for evil. Yes. Because it is an incredibly powerful yeah. way to not manipulate people, no. but, but to get things done. Did so. you read it early in life? Has it always been with you? No, it's something I probably read first, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years ago. It reinforced, I think, a lot of what I had in me yeah. as who I was. And it was nice to read that it wasn't something I was doing wrong. I think the word that sums that book up for me is charm. And you know, charm is a double-edged sword. A lot of people say, you know, if you're charming, that, that you're doing it as a tool of manipulation. But I think if you use it to provide a positive result for the person that you're using, yes. you know, using it on, I think it's, it's beneficial for both sides. And once again, it comes out with that old cliche of win-win, and that's just me from head to toe. Well, you're right. I mentioned earlier that I've noticed that you help people just to do it. And I've noticed you even share your travel experiences with people. Oh, and, she's done internet research. <laughs> I, see, I can turn the computer on. <laughs> and, and that's really good because... Let's face it, I think a lot of us do may have a trip or two and then we'll tell a couple of people about, but wouldn't go to the trouble of being so good as to share it in the way you did. Oh, I don't know and if I was being so good. I think I was just blowing my own trumpet between you and I. But <laughs> yeah, but you could have done that in your own circles. You put it there for anyone who wants to. I mean, it, I know there is you know, all these other sites where tell you about different things. But with you, it was a YouTube, so you actually put the, a bit of a video, etc. What I'd like you to take us to is why sailing? Of all the sport, why sailing? What do you get out of it? And what the hell does that make you feel? Sailing's something I came to fairly late in life. A lot of the mm -hmm. people I sail with tend to have done it as kids mm -hmm. and continue to do it because they do love it. Yeah. But it's something that was introduced to, a f to me by a friend of mine about uh, 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I helped him sail his boat around Sydney Harbour. And I mm -hmm. found it was just something that I took a shine to straight mm -hmm. away. He actually invited me away to the Med where he bought a boat over there. And I helped mm -hmm. him uh, on that few years where we sailed around Croatia and the Adriatic and around wow. Greece. And I just loved it. I just yes. thought this is a really, really great lifestyle. Yes. And I've since found out that some of my family history was to do with the mm -hmm. sea, so I don't know, maybe there's a bit of genetic stuff yeah. happening. But the sailing is the one thing I can do that mm -hmm. takes me out of my mm -hmm. zone where I, where I am focusing on marketing or focusing on the businesses yes. or the businesses I'm trying to create, where mm -hmm. I do not think of them at all. Once I get mm -hmm. on a boat, I'm there yes. to sail, yes. I'm still the same person, but mm -hmm. there's different neural pathways get used yeah. and everything else is put on hold. But if I'm in the shower, if I'm mm -hmm. listening to the radio, if I'm driving the car, I'm still that guy who's thinking about what should be happening yeah. at the office, what should be happening at the business. Oh. But sailing just takes oh. me completely away from that, so it's a good break. Yet sailing still gives you the other elements, challenge, unforeseen circumstances, the weather. You can read the weather forecast and get out there and it can change. So you've got to be prepared for that. So there's parallels. You're working with other people. Yeah. It's, a, it's your safety and somebody else's safety, sure. so it's about you and others. So there's a lot of parallels. So oh, what absolutely. I'm seeing is that whilst you turn off some of the thinking, you're applying completely different energies and thought processes, but you're still managing those parts. That is 
challenge, achievement, satisfaction, helping somebody else and, and helping yourself. That's true. There's, mm -hmm. uh, there's a quote that comes to mind from a man I've studied called T. Harv Eker, an American guy who mm -hmm. uh, is in per interpersonal development. And he says, how we do anything is how we do everything. And I think yeah. that's very, very true. So the me that is on the boat is the same me that's in the office, but it's just a different set of challenges and a different set of tasks. But mm -hmm. I probably approach it exactly the same way. It's just different yes. things are involved. So yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Now, I think for Jamie, I think we actually didn't give him too many questions. Is there anything you'd like to share, either with us or any of the listeners, about two things? One, if they're looking for you, how do they find you? Also, any other tips that we haven't covered? I think we've probably thrashed through the tip side of things pretty well. If you wanted to find out a little bit more about me, the easiest mm -hmm. place to do it is on my name site, and mm -hmm. that's jamiewadley.com. Mm -hmm. And the spelling of that is J-A-M-I-E-W-A-D-L-E-Y.com and, uh, and you should see some information there and you'll probably mm -hmm. hear a bit of what you've heard today out of me. What I write is how I speak, is who I am, so you'll hear similar things. It's good consistency. Just on that, before we do wind up, it's interesting that you, you bring that up about how you write is how you talk is, you know, and that's what people will hear. Is there one modality that you prefer over others to get a message across? In, uh, just in terms of marketing? Well, let's look at marketing of the po this podcast itself, of Inside Exec. Should we be looking at the present time? We have a very little intro that, that is written word to the episode itself, but we have the episodes and we, we don't particularly market them any other way than through our own networks. So should we be looking at something else? On the spot advice, unpaid. Yeah, what's well, a bit uh, cheeky, I think. <laughs> there's, no, there's never a perfect solution. So is there another way you can do the marketing of this? Absolutely. Without having a look at the granular level of what you're doing now, it's hard for me to say what will work and what won't. But content is still king. People want the information, and the easiest way to get found is if someone jumps onto Google, and Google's a okay. certain question. And what you need to be able to do is in the, the text that you have on the website that describes what a podcast or an individual episode will be about, we need to address the questions that will be asked and put those there. And Google will match the search question to the answer that you're providing in the podcast and it'll bring two and two together and you'll get some, some love off Google and hopefully some page rank and people will click on you and find out more about you and, and they'll be able to pick up the mode of learning they prefer. Yeah, as I said, I prefer, I don't prefer, I enjoy listening to things but I do enjoy reading as well. If you offer the podcast obviously is an audio, I'd probably have a transcript of that so people can read what's there as well. And I don't know, eventually maybe it's worth considering video too and, and break the video out into audio and the audio into transcription so you can cover a few different modalities from the one product. But any more than that, I'll have to charge you. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> well, we thank you for your time today. We've certainly covered some ground and I think we've all got some things that we can think about. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne. This is Inside Exec and we've been talking with Jamie Wadley.